0: Is Portia. And welcome to an episode of She Speaks Stories. And Portia,
1: this is your first episode with
0: us as a host. I know. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I can't even stand it. Now you have been on two other times, but you were the guest. And now you are the host with us. And not yeah. only are you the host, but we have an amazing guest who you and I both love. But yes.
1: you love her because you actually really know her. I do know her and I love her people, all of her yeah. people all around her. She's amazing.
0: I love that so much. Now I'm going to, uh, I'll tell how I met her. And then I want you to tell a little bit about how much you love her. Cause I love it. When you talk about Michelle, you just have the sweetest smile on your face that I've noticed. <laughs> when we, we had a meeting on zoom a couple of weeks ago and ev- the whole time that Gwen was talking to us about Michelle, you just had the sweetest smile on your face. And I- <laughs> it
1: was so I'm, a, I'm a huge fan, huge yeah. fan.
0: So, um, Susan and Steve uh, Blunt, who we've talked about all the time on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Susan introduced me to Ms. Shaley through text. Oh. And then, and so Michelle and I have been randomly texting back and forth every now and then because some, you know, when you are introduced to somebody and that, you know, that God desires you to be friends and the way I knew it is because he would wake me up in the middle of the night to pray for her. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. And so I, I would
2: text much. her
0: like at random times of the night saying, Michelle, I'm praying for you.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. As Michelle's friend, I appreciate you doing that.
0: Oh, she's (laughs) awesome. She is so awesome. So you, you know, her sister and you've known the whole family for a while.
1: Yes. We um, met in Texas. And so our paths just kind of cross in and out and all around um, a church, Trinity Church in Cedar Hill is where I converged with Michelle and her sister and and that part of the family. And I've just grown to see, like, you know how, you know, somebody and you're like, Hey, they're cool. They're awesome. Y'all. Michelle is cool and awesome. She, <laughs> she is. She is. Separate from her talent that you'll hear about. Separate from just her, because she's gorgeous. Oh, she's so beautiful. She's I, so it, it,
0: it does. I tell you, her skin is so gorgeous. Oh just, my goodness. So, okay.
1: Those, those things aside, <laughs> her heart and her person, like you're going to want to be her friend because mm-hmm. she is, I mean, we haven't seen each other in person in years, but I feel like I just saw her yesterday, yeah. and so yeah. she's yeah. I so, could go on and on.
0: And I'll tell you, Susan texted me this morning and asked when Michelle was going to be on, and I told her. I said, actually, we're interviewing her today and Portia, and she was like, woohoo! She was like, that's a great trio, and I was like, I'm so sure. excited! I can't even. It's, see and, you it's know, good. Susan is not one that exaggerates her love of somebody. She is truthful yep. in what she says, yes. and she says a lot of good things about Machele. She adores yeah. her, and today yeah. she texted me one little simple phrase: "She's a doll." And after having talked to her for just a little while, she is a doll. She's fabulous. I so,
2: Machele, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, guys, after that, enjoy. We can just end this right here. Like, <laughs> just, after that, I yeah, uh, yeah, we can just wrap this up. So. <laughs> Thank you so much. We're so glad that you're with us. No, it is it is my honor. This is a podcast I've been chomping at the bits to do, and I'm so glad that it's worked out in God's timing. So, Amen. Amen. There's
0: many things that you are known for uh, that you're going to talk about today, but one of the things is you are an incredible photographer. Like gorgeous photography. Thank you so yeah. much. And Thank I you. will say this, Michelle, when you texted me last week and said that you would take pictures of our podcast team, I'm positive you heard me in Dallas-Fort Worth. <laughs> oh,
2: my word. Well, it was so funny because we had been texting and talking so much. And I thought, good, you know, goodness, that would be so cool. I just love your team so much. Everyone you mentioned, I have a heart connection with. So I thought, how about we all get together, do a shoot, do a hangout. And oh, my heavens. New- new material to work with. So um, yeah, I'm praying and hoping that happens. Now tell me, how did you
0: first become a photographer?
2: Well, this is funny. I actually wish I had like this really cool story to tell you. (laughs) But (laughs) I say that um, honestly, the love for the arts has always been just a part of me, a part of my heart, even as a little girl, like I was just drawn to all things art And, um, and photography, but I'm from a small town in Arkansas growing up in the late 80s and 90s and um, being a photographer wasn't really a, an attainable like goal as a career you know there in my little mindset at that time so it was always a hobby and came out to Dallas area went to school and always did it as a hobby and kind of on the side um, the passion and the love just grew more and more in the hobby kind of became this side job and then I'm also taught so i never I never took any sort of classes which is crazy um, I got really really close to people who knew what they were doing and there were several um, people I knew in the dallas area um, that were just great great photographers so I kind of tucked myself up underneath them and asked questions and unfortunately learned by a lot of trial and error <laughs> yeah. shooting and asking I told people when I started out I was basically asking people if I could take their photo i was walking around, you know, would you like a shoot? Could you, could I do a photo shoot of you and your family? Or, hey, you have a daughter that's a senior. Would you mind if I snap some photos of her? And so that kind of practice all of a sudden turned into this hobby, which was watered by a little encouragement from so-and-so. And And then I started uh, making a little bit of cash on the side. You know, like I said, it kind of became a side business. I was putting myself in college, Um, going to school full-time, waiting tables at night just working really hard and um, but then had this love for the arts and love for people. I was going to school for counseling and social work and um, And so, because I have such a love for people and their stories, um, but I also had this parallel love of the arts and like kind of capturing like through imagery people and their, their heart and soul. And so I always say that you really, you know, in in the kingdom, you really don't have to choose. You know, it's always funny to me when people ask, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And I, I, I mean, even at 36, I've evolved over time and God's kind of, I'm in like this kind of merging right now of mm-hmm. a lot of different things. And the Lord's really using a lot of different, um, th- like in my heart's desires for, you know, what I'm doing. So love of people, love of photography, love of the arts, um, people's stories, it's all kind of merging together. So that's kind of how I started. Yeah. Um, and I'm just continuing just daily to try to as best as I can to be obedient to the Lord and walk forward. And it's become, it's unfolded as this business and, um, Ministry, really. So, I wish I had a cool story. Like, I took all these cool classes, and said, I that is a cool story because that's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, that yeah, is amazing. But, artists, but, um, but really, I'm yeah, I'm also taught and i um, still learning, you know, still learning from artists and people daily. Now, you um,
0: recently went to a mission in Nashville, and this. <laughs> pictures that you took, Michele, they told stories just looking at the faces of those people. And even when you were in Uganda a couple of months ago, those stories were so amazing. I truly felt like I was standing there in Uganda. I mean, it really, the gift that you have of being able to tell stories through your lens is a gift. It is a gift. It's
1: powerful.
2: Well, my heart is, uh, truly like, I've always said, everybody's got a story, everybody's got a voice, everybody's got a story and everybody's got a voice for hearing. Um, and so in the digital age we live in, I just feel like, it's almost a, for such a time as this thing, you know, that mm-hmm. the Lord's called me to because, um, through photography and capturing, you know, so-and-so at National Rescue Mission, you know, may not, my friend Tommy may not ever grab a bike and stand on a stage and say, um or William, or, or my friends in Uganda. They may never have that opportunity, but I've always told the Lord I would use whatever voice I have, you know, whatever platform or whatever to tell their stories because they're worth hearing. And, uh, and so through the gift of photography he's given me, I've been allowed to like capture, I feel like, a little bit of heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And um, it's important to me before I shoot. Um, and everybody knows this around me. I never just photograph people. You know, I always want to know their name, and I always want to hear a little bit about them. Before wow. I, before I just take pictures of them um, because I think that again everybody's got a story everybody's worth hearing and um, mm. I don't know everybody's everybody's I don't know a story's worth something you know we all have a little bit to share with each other and so maybe that's what comes through I don't really know but um, but yeah in Uganda it was the same thing we had translators there and it's um, same thing we're all we're all human you know like in Nashville at the mission same thing you know we all Met the same way and talked, and um, I tried to capture their story as, as beautifully as I could, you know. So wow. I love that. I love that. Fun.
1: I think that, that shows in her work. Oh my gosh, that shows in your work, Michelle. I
2: always pray so. I do I always pray so because there are so many great photographers out now. Oh my word, they're everywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, I'm no different, I'm no better than I mean, you see probably a hundred great photographers a day on social media. Um, Mm -hmm. but I always pray that the Lord would anoint my work and it would, you know, he would fulfill whatever's supposed to be fulfilled in my work and that I would give people a voice. So maybe I hope that Mark is on it, you know?
0: Oh, it is. Um, okay. And some of the things that Gwen spoke with you about, um, she, she gave us this amazing question to ask you, and so I'm dying to ask it. She said, will you help us see your early childhood years and describe it like you're there chronicling it with your camera, and what do you see? Wow. Wow.
2: Yeah. I, know. I love that and question. Through that. Yeah, I'm telling you. it is. She's a powerful woman, Gwen. <laughs> mm-hmm. She really is. My conversations with her, I told her, you know, she – was encouraging me the whole time. And I told her at the end, I said, Hey, listen, you yourself have a gift sister. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never met her. I've never met her, but we just talked and, um, talked through my story and the way she saw it from a different perspective, was just so cool. Um, but yeah, like, so I was, I was telling Gwen that, um, I was born and raised in a small town in South Arkansas, um, raised in the ministry and, um, was brought up, you know, in church and, and, have a story of like you know deep christianity and Mm -hmm. love the lord and when i was 12 i lived in a small town and honestly kind of in a um a beautiful little small town community but kind of a religious like community and Mm -hmm. um had a great family and kind of were the ministry family in town In quotes you know had the really beautiful cars and the beautiful home and three kids and the picket fence and all that but um but there were some, there was some hard times and there were some um, challenges that we were facing kind of while my dad traveled. He was an evangelist, so we didn't do like the traditional ministry thing where he pastored a church. Um, he traveled every week and served the Lord. He was gone every week. Um, he would leave out of town on Saturdays. And so he was gone, you know, Saturday through Thursday of every single week. Okay. So would call home a ton and was always involved. But like physically, he was out of the home um, traveled all over the world and, and ministry at that time was, you know, very successful, I guess in quotes, if you want to say that he was all over the world. So, um, so anyways, was out doing the work of the ministry and my mother and him just kind of grew apart. And mm-hmm. in this, in this part, I always am careful. Cause I feel like, you know, even, even with them, I always want them to be able to tell their story and, sure. um, I want to honor them and and the great parents that they were. But um, when I was 12, um, they decided, like, and it really came to, it was a surprise to everyone. Um, And I found out first as the oldest child, but um, I was, we were told that they were going to get a divorce. Mm. And it was, when I say it was earth shattering to my little 12 year old soul. I mean, I had, I had absolutely no idea it was coming. And I think we hear of divorce so much in our culture that it's kind of become this like, Common word that people, you know, but really because of the way God intended family, um, it's shattering. You know, it's shattering to your soul. It's shattering. at such a pivotal age. Twelve years old is, you know, such a formative time. And like I said, we were in this um, really small town, a beautiful community, but just very religious and image-driven. And um, and so that was that was earth-shattering to my little, you know, twelve-year-old heart. Um, wow. Finding that out, so going through that at twelve, I, I tell people that was kind of the beginning of this. Um, I believe an attack on my life from against our family, against all of mine and my siblings' callings, and um, it was a it was a kind of ripping the rug out from under my identity type of moment. Like in the you know just that just that hearing that about the divorce and things that begin to evolve. Um, so I was twelve. My dad moves out. He continues to. You know, faithful in the ministry continues to go out, but, um, but you know, there was a lot of wounding in me and I was home and my mother, um, and this is kind of the, the part that I really want to honor her. And, um, uh, even in sharing, cause a lot of this is her own story and she's currently practicing and walking through this herself. And I'm so proud of her for it, but yeah. she fell into, um, just some really, really hard times with the divorce and different things that she went through. It's hard living in a small community and you're, well, any community, but your life being on display. And um, just through some really, really hard times, she fell into an addiction with um, opiate pain medication and pretty deep addiction. And um, has always dealt with some pretty pretty intense, like uh, she struggled with mental illness and some things. And so seeing her walk through that on top of the divorce as a kid and as the oldest child, I think the birth order, I'm a total... Mm-hmm psychology geek and studied that and totally believe in the birth order and the oldest child. Not that I carried anything more than the other than my other siblings, but I carried it in a different way. And I carried right. I think a little bit heavier. Um things fell on me, I think at the time, because I just was the oldest, you know? Right. And so anyways, um a lot of times I think unfortunately that's a that's a common model that we're seeing right now in children and the burden is too too big and it, it breaks them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're mm-hmm. not emotionally equipped to carry that sort of weight and to know the things they know. And at the time, and all of us would change. You know, if we, you know, hindsight, we'd change things. And I'm sure how we parent this and that. But mm-hmm. um, it was too big of a burden for my back. You know, and yeah. I begin to, um, I begin to break under that weight of. I just wasn't emotionally capable or able at the time to carry that sort of adult weight. Yeah. And so, um, was t- caring. I felt like for a mother who was mentally ill and, and, you know, honestly was in bed a lot of my life. Um, there was a lot of darkness there. And so caring for her, my dad was gone and, um, I actually struggled even through some, um, a big part of my story too is struggled through some abuse. Um, when I was 14, that, Like I said, just that rug continually just kept being pulled out from under me. And the attacks were just, I felt like left and right, Um, even as a minister's daughter, even as a believer, you know, um, coming at me in my childhood. And um, this is, people say it's church lingo. I believe in it 100%. I just think the enemy was out to steal, kill, and destroy Um, our family um, early on. I truly, truly do. And the target was there. And, um, so just fell into, it was just a lot, you know, I carried into my, uh, again, even as a believer, um, carried into my young adulthood, um, just Mm -hmm. a lot of brokenness, a lot of brokenness that I did not know. I I just wasn't a lot of the things I hadn't asked for. Um, and I think that's, that's a common thing I see too, is just a lot of it. People don't ask for. Uh, they're in positions where they've been wounded by broken families or abuse or, and they just don't know how to navigate their way out of it. And the answer is, I can fully say this is Christ. But a lot of my story is it it was a process with him and is a process with him. So I begin that journey. I I say I begin the journey to wholeness um, in my twenties, because I got to a point in life where I was trying to, you know, I was, I tell people I was putting band-aids over bullet holes and I was just unable to it was, I was bleeding out, um, in some of my relationships. And I mean, you talk about a lack of trust and a lack of, um, just, there was a void there of, of being cared for, um, because of, you know, the pain with my mother and, um, as hard as it is to talk about just that void, it was just there, you know. She dealt with,
0: and I think, too, mental illness um, the chemical imbalance that comes to it as adults, we understand it, yeah, as right? Children, it's so confusing, it's right? Because we knew that there's something horribly wrong with whatever person we love, but really. It's just that they need the right help but as a Absolutely. child you don't know how to process that
2: right and at that time you know like I said in the 90s that was a big taboo you know it was taboo. you yeah, know people
1: didn't talk about it right. you
2: go to the altar and you know you need to get you, that person needs to get saved and delivered you know there was this big mm. big you know kind of taboo around this this mental illness thing that was kind of on the rise and um, and now I, I think, in our culture, we're, thank the Lord, I think the church is doing a little bit better job at beginning to have conversation around this. Okay, what is this? And what, we, what right. do we what do? Yeah, real good. You know, I think the brain can be broken and, and malfunctioned just like an arm or another yeah. organ. There could be chemicals that are off. And so I think now too, healing has come to my life also from just understanding a little bit more about the things that maybe my mother faced alone. and yeah. um, that are still hard for me because that void is still yeah I struggle with that yeah. but I'm able to understand a little bit more of of the why's and and where that came from um
0: and because now as an adult you know um she wasn't doing that on purpose it really great yeah. it was that know. that she just needed she needed guidance in a different way, and it was. And it's unfortunate in the culture of that time period that yeah. now it's readily available for help. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this: I know, as a twelve-year-old, and being the oldest, a lot of responsibility had to fall on you. Yeah. So what? What are some things that you felt you had to be adult in? If you can share that. Like yeah, if what you had to do that you because this is what I also know. As a as a mom that is an adoptive mom, and mm-hmm. I've had to take these adoption classes on kids with trauma. Any kind of trauma that happens, whether it's divorce, whether it's abuse, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it puts a kind of like a physical bruise on the brain that I you have do. to work out. To regain your personhood, to be mm-hmm. able to get wholeness again, twelve-year-old yeah. that you're assuming adult responsibilities, yeah, and right. now and, and now that you are as you're aging, you're having to work that bruise out. Yeah, you know what I mean?
2: It's a real, it is a real thing. And the way, yeah, like you said, that trauma and the effect that it has on a person's brain, um, even physically. I think a lot of people deal with traumatic effects and they don't really realize it. Yeah. Uh-huh but yeah just being 12 like I said that's I always tell you that's such a formative year year use that word is it truly is your brain your you know your body's everything's forming and you're Mm -hmm. kind of forming the way you see people in life and I just learned a really unhealthy way to live um I really I was overly responsible for everything and everybody um for my parents, you know, always worried about my mom. Mom, are you okay? Do you need anything? Do you want me to go here? I don't want you to be alone. Mom, should I go to dad's? Or do you think you'll be okay? Or are you feeling okay today? You know, do you need oh, anything? Oh, Miss Shaley, that's a heavier. Yeah. You know, do you feel okay? And, and you're even sleeping for days. Are you? Do you need any food? You know, just mm-hmm. this, this parenting role as a child, which yeah. now as an adult, I see created a void because my needs weren't being met. You see right. I'm yes. So, because everyone is is born, it's a it's a innate you know need for that care as a child. You're born with that. So when that's not there, mm-hmm. well, you know, it's just funny how we, yeah, bodies. Yeah. You know, so we, um, so I just I took that into my adulthood, and like I said, just that unhealthy mindset of lack of trust. That's the way I had learned to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the way. That's all I knew. You know. So even as an as an adult, learning how to live, um just boundaries, you know, responsibility sure. from certain things. And like, that's not my job. That's, that's not you my job. Yeah. And growing in the Lord and realizing that it's, it's, I'm not the Holy spirit, <laughs> that it's, it's his job. It's his, Yeah, you know, I can cast those cares. I can, um, I'm not big enough, you know, I'm not big enough to handle things for people. I'm not big enough to take care of them like he would. Um, so handing things over, you know, things like that. Just there were, there were a lot of unhealthy mindset things that I just, I just lived in that way and never realized that it was unhealthy. That's the only, that's all I knew. Right. Um, So yeah, I just carried that into adulthood. And like I said, came to a point where I was like, man, this is, this is not working like this system of life and this system of, and knew, you know, knew in my gut, I was carrying a lot of brokenness that needed to be healed Um, a lot of wounding and and I always say like idols you know grow I tell people and I believe idols grow in the soil of our deepest wounds so like Mm -hmm. that's why the Lord we're gonna create a balm we're gonna create a remedy for wounds we're gonna create um if there's a wounding or a pain that he hasn't filled or came into yet to heal fully and restore well we're gonna live out of that and want remedy I mean you know I always say you always know you always know it's an idol or it's an addiction when you have to have it for wow. you know, yeah. a soothing or a pain, there's a pain in my life that I have to have mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. this. I can't, you know, I have to have this relationship. I can't be alone. I have to have this substance. I can't, I can't live wow. without like, you know, that's a red flag. I feel like in our hearts going, Hey, God needs to touch this place. Um, that's so good, you know, and, uh, and I just, I, you know, I tell people really openly, that's just, I didn't ask for some of it, but that's what I carried into adulthood. And I realized in my twenties, the Lord and I had a a road. We were going to have to walk out together and I was going to have to let him into that place, you know, and, uh, trust him to begin that journey and, um, and honestly relearn him. Like I got, I feel like almost reintroduced him (laughs) in my twenties. There were so many things I thought about him. You know, you hear that quote, um, how how you view God affects everything in your life. That's the biggest, you know. And and so I had to re almost he had to reintroduce himself to me, and a lot of it came through this healing. Okay. You know, and that. so that began in my twenties as well. Wow. So you, I love that phrase that he reintroduced himself to you. I love. Right.
1: That. Yeah. I love that you're you're talking about this as a process. That none of this happened overnight. We yeah. Our, our society is such a, I want it now. Yeah. I want it at my house in two hours, or I want it here in my house in less than 30 minutes. Mm. And I love that in your story, you keep saying words like process mm. and journey mm. and a path. And not that God cannot in a moment do mm. a miraculous work in our heart and our soul That's right. But because you have surrendered to the process, Mm -hmm. you have handlebars not only for yourself, but also you've made that available for other people that are hearing your story. That it's okay that it's a process. It's okay that it didn't happen overnight because you didn't get into the situation that you're in overnight. All of these things didn't set up overnight. Um, And I love what you said. About the idols grow and the soil of our deepest wound. And when you feel like you have to have something to make yourself feel better, yeah. outside of God, then it for sure is an idol and yeah. a red flag to make it to a whoa, what, what, what? what and am that's I, why I think for?
2: we're called to have mercy and compassion because anytime I see a person, you know, I'm a Christian, which means I take on, I profess myself, you know, as a Christian, so I take on Christ like what does His Word say? I take on that for my way of living, mm-hmm. but when I see people who are living outside of that, instead of throwing stones, I always think, "Where I wonder where they're wounded?" Wow, I wonder where they. I wonder where where what what's going on there? Why do they have to have that? You know, if it's if they're living out of biblical the biblical way of life of living to tree life the path to life, and they're seeking something outside of. God's will or God's you know, his plan or his word to fulfill desires, instead of throwing sons, I always think, I wonder where they're wounded. Mm-hmm. I wonder what happened. I wonder how they got there. Yeah. You know, even if they believe in their heart, no, this is right. Like mm-hmm. I believe I don't believe that I don't believe that that's what the Bible says. I believe this I, I just it's funny, I just always wonder, I'm like, I wonder what happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's where mm-hmm. this great thing comes in. But and I also know, you know, I've gotten have absolutely changed my life, so that's given me a um, that's given me fuel for compassion as well. How people have treated me and what healing it was. And it wasn't overnight. Um, and like you, Portia, I think I'm a I'm a full believer that God can move however He wants to move, and He's able right. to do whatever He wants to do. So yeah. He has done. I've seen it miracles in a moment, but yeah. I always tell people, don't miss your miracle because it's not in a moment. Sometimes that's miracles. Right. You know, miracles happen through a process. Yeah, and, um, and, and I always say it's like the Mark Eight thing when Jesus heals the blind man. That's such an interesting restoration um, story yeah. to me because the man comes to him and it begins the restoration process, the restoration of his eyesight. Mm-hmm. And it says he puts the mud on and everything, and the, the man he says, "What do you see?" And the man mm-hmm. says, "Well, I see people, but they look like trees." So he right. he wasn't there yet. Yeah, right he on his way. But he yeah. wasn't there. So Jesus, instead of condemning him compassionately, puts his hands back on him and, and again touches him and says, What do you see now? And it says in yeah. scripture, the man's sight was fully restored. Mm-hmm. So that to me shows that sometimes it's a, you know, I always thought, Why I wonder why Jesus like healed him that way. I wonder why it wasn't just like a like I could touch your eyes or I could say it from here, boom, you're right. Oh. Right. He could have done anything he went to, but there he chose a process, and he and it looked different. It looked different for that man than it did for any of the other miracles that had taken place. But, but it was a process for him, and I so relate to that because in my life, I feel like it's been such a journey and such a process of of a lot of why did you ch- why's you know why did you choose to do it this way, Lord? Why didn't you get me out of that sooner? Why did you allow this to happen? Why did you? You know, I mean, there's just a time we all have those questions, but in the end. Right now I'm seeing the fruit of, oh, that's why you allowed me to go through the process so I could have compassion for other people. Oh, that's why Mm -hmm. you allowed me to to feel that so I could talk to so-and-so in Uganda and, like, Mm -hmm. feel their pain, you know? And I love that about Jesus. He came and he felt, you know, he felt. He he, he isn't a far-off God. He felt what we feel. And so when we pray, Mm -hmm. he knows. And so it's so powerful to me. I always love that about him is that he... He knows, you know, and, um, so we're able to go before him and he knows our pains, he knows our weaknesses. And so anyways, the process thing, yeah, it's been a huge, that's a, that's just a huge word, you know, for me is, is process and, and, and a big message of my life, to be honest. Oh, wow. I love it.
0: You you bought uh, an 1886 farmhouse.
1: (laughs) I did. I sure did.
0: And I'll tell you watching, um you really restore that farmhouse room by room on Instagram, Um, (laughs) you can see the wisdom of restoration pouring out of you. Wow. Every single room. And so the things that you shared five months ago, they're so different than even what you're sharing now. It's like, it's yeah. like your eyes are opening. I, I'm telling you, Michele, some of the things that you put out on social media, I save them to my phone because I'm like, oh no, that's good. I'm gonna need that. Yeah. And so yeah. I'll save it to my phone because I'm thinking my kid or myself or my husband is gonna need to hear right. that word one day. Yeah. And, oh, no, wow. Well, you tell I want you to to share with us the theme that God is revealing to you through this house and also how does he reveal it? Because I'm telling you, it's oh, to room and you, mm-hmm. you are getting a revelation of restoration right there going through this house. And I know our listeners are like, what in the world are you talking about? So why don't you explain a little bit about what I'm trying to babble about right here?
2: Oh, you're doing an awesome job. Yeah. I guess in a nutshell, um, to give viewers context, I purchased an 1886 farmhouse fixer upper, um, about a year and it's been about I guess a year and two months now, but um, had no idea what God's plans are when I bought it. I just knew it was, I was being obedient and, and it was a scary thing that said yes to God and purchased this house. And like I said earlier at the beginning of the podcast, I've always had a love for creativity and the arts. And so again, God kind of began to like pull that out of me. And um, instead of photography this time, it was this home. And as I've walked the home and had vision for it and and restored this 1886, you know, diamond in the rough, the Lord began to reveal. It's kind of become a passion project for me, like a personal passion project, Mm -hmm. Um, I'm documenting it, but going room to room in this home. And I always say to people to visualize the home, like the heart of a man and God going from room to room and literally restoring each room piece by piece, bit by bit, you know, going into this room of anxiety and fear and Mm -hmm. gutting it and gutting it and gutting it and restoring it with himself, restoring it with joy and light and peace and hope. And then going to this room of abandonment and gutting that, getting all the yuck out of it and restoring it with security, Mm -hmm. love and belonging. And then going Mm to this, you know, and I say, it's a parallel, almost like how Jesus taught in parables. It's Mm -hmm. like it's a visual for people Mm -hmm. of, and restoring the heart of man, and how he walks right. through that overnight process. This house has been work, man. Yeah. I tell you all the time, it is it is work. I mean, I'm out. Yeah. There's a lot of goodness, a lot of unseen. The other day, I was in the yard, you know, out in Texas. Heat is 105. I'm sweating. I got shovels. I'm mad. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody seeing me do all this work. Why can't you fill this house? This is, you know. And, um, well, restoration
0: and, takes work. I mean, it, work, and, you're, exactly, and you're
2: in it exactly in those moments, Yes, God you know, he reminds me, you know. Um, so yeah, just just this—it's almost like this hand-in-hand thing. I've, I've been this journey I've been on with Him, and in the process of me restoring this home, He's restoring me. Amen. You know? And. And it's just, it's powerful. It's really powerful. And, and, and just the, the love and the patience and stuff that I have with this home. And like the, the, I mean, just the vision I have for it. Um, so many people have passed this house and like, I'm not buying that house. Like I want this new one up here that's shiny and awesome. Like that's, I don't have time, you know, and then just the, the passion I had and like the, you know, for this little diamond in the rough, I thought, man, that's that house, that house can be something. You know, wow. and uh same way as how God sees us. You know, it's like I think where yeah. where people pass us up and think we're too far gone and there's no hope there, and they need to just burn that so, that thing down. You know, or or like bull knows it. God's like, no, 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 no. Like I see a diamond in the rough. You know, I see. I see purpose, and and um and I always think it's funny because this home is actually just a little, like I said, it's an 1886 farmhouse fixer upper. There's a million other more beautiful homes, but God, it's surrendered to God, so He's using it, you know, to tell a story. Um, so I just I'm kind of just a steward right now, and like long for the ride. So. Wow, wow, <laughs> just trying to steward it well, really, you know. I love that. That is yeah. just. I love pictures
1: and I am, am not a wildly creative person in the traditional sense, but I can see, I can see my husband going, babe, babe, there's this documentary on Netflix and it's about this house. <laughs> and I think, I think it's Michelle's house, <laughs> but I can, but I can just see people as this journey. Cause we've, we've talked about this word a lot, this journey that you're on this process, that the end of the process of this house of everything that's been restored, the value, the beauty, the mm. the things that people just didn't even know were there. Mm. You know, I just wow, Miss Shaley. Oh, wow, goodness. you are—are are you going to put this on film? Like, are you going to take the stills that you've taken and put it?
2: Possibly, possibly. Right now, I'm just like, like I said, day by day, just yeah, capturing photos, and um, I've got kind of people on it, like thinking creatively with me through it, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take it as far as God wants it to go. Because for sure, it's interesting because, um, I tell people the beauty of this message is that there's no heart out there that doesn't need restoration. Like I've talked, I mean, believers and unbelievers have written me and, um, I so resonate with this message. I so need restoration in my marriage. I so need restoration in my emotions. I went through so much as a child I never talked about. And I went, I, you know, I need restoration in my finances. I need, so there's nobody out there that, doesn't need restoration or isn't in a you know, and um, and it's so beautiful because I get to introduce them to such a beautiful part inside of the Lord that He's yeah. a and He wants to restore this for you, and it's such an awesome way to like invite people in, you know. Wow. Um, so, um, so no. that, like I said, rooting it, you know.
0: So yeah. it's been like a year, a year and two months. Is that what you said? Yeah,
2: yeah. I think so. Well, and maybe a little bit over that. I bought it in May of, of last year.
0: Okay. So. Okay. So, tell me uh I don't know, I don't know how to ask this question, but I'm curious about it. Is um you have been really close in your relationship with Jesus over the last year as far as you're learning new things about him he's revealing things about you so how would you say your your emotions your feelings your understanding of God and who he is how would you say that's different in the last 15 months
2: well it's funny I think I've come into a whole new um and I hate cliche statements but truly a whole new like season of my I think all of our journeys with Christ they're supposed to evolve and we never can learn all of him or, you know, so like I said, even as a child being raised in church, knew Christ, knew the Bible, wasn't necessarily applying all of it all the time, you know, kind of like, I don't know, just love the Lord. But I've I've known I've had a call in my life since I was young, you know, that became very clear to me um, as a kid. But yeah, over the last, year and a half, I'd say, I've come into a new season of, like, I don't know, just even through this process, like, knowing Him in a new way, even, and mm-hmm. um, really digging in, and, like, I think one of the things that's that's changed a lot in my life, too, is just the application of, like, biblical, I mean, just every single day, not out of legalism, legalism but needing, needing the Word to renew, yeah. me, needing the Word to transform me, and to like and taking on Christ, taking on His thoughts, and taking on and there's something about even in the, the spiritual, but also in the natural. I don't know how to explain it, but in being obedient and walking this thing out with God, like putting boots mm-hmm. on the ground and stepping out in faith in a whole new level mm-hmm. and. and you know there's a newness there's a new I'm going deeper because I'm putting boots to the ground in this thing it's not just something I'm talking about anymore when he said to do it I jumped out and did it and well he's he's meeting me there and introducing himself to me in a whole new way and I think that's the power of faith and actually stepping out you know faith about works is dead when you step into new things with him and he's calling you to even though it looks scary even though you don't have the Mm-hmm. bias or even you don't know how in the world he's going to make a way but when you step out and he does make a way yeah you know, you do a whole new whole newness with him or you're learning about him and that's what I think I mean I've, over the last year and a half I mean it's like he's just left and right show and I've gone through a lot of seasons don't get me wrong where there's been a hiddenness to him like right I, really been able to figure out where are you why do I feel this way this is a dark night of the soul why do I why am I battling this and you know but I think we go through seasons of rain and seasons of sun and see you know and he does all that to somehow grow us but um but the last 15 months there's just been in my personal journey there's just been a sweetness there's been a special Mm -hmm. something that God's like starting to pour in and pour out and there's a favor that's come that I didn't earn or ask really know to even ask for and mm-hmm. he just poured out you know I like and, um, yeah. and, I, and the interesting thing is I don't know that I would be walking in this if I hadn't said yes yeah. mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. really know you know I don't really know what that would have looked like but I was so scared to purchase this home because it was scary as a single mm-hmm. woman I mean, this farmhouse fixer upper 1886 I had so many people telling me oh what are you doing like no right. <laughs> like, no, you don't even know like what you're about to get into. You know? Right? I have people honestly that heard from the Lord, and you can like, side note this: always have people in your life that you know hear from God and like, yeah, listen it's to so this. Um, not just everybody because a lot of voices told me no, but then I had mm-hmm. certain people I trusted that said, you know what, I feel like this is right. Yeah, going, oh, oh, yeah this the Lord. Right. Yeah. And um, so but there's yeah, like I said, there's I said yes. And I put, you know, I say, my pastor kept telling me, you have to put your foot in the water to see it part. Mm-hmm. You have to put it in. You're, you're not going to see it unless you, you gotta take that step. And so I did. And boy, have I seen it part. Like, I had no idea he was going to use the story this way. I had no idea. Um,
0: you know, one thing we say um, on this podcast very often is that um, the reason that we believe that uh, stories change lives is because when they People that are listening hear um, a story, then it makes them believe and remember. If God can do that for that person, then He can do it for me. Amen. I think this story is something yes. that, if it's a mom that is in the middle of um, a separation with her spouse, if mm-hmm. it is um, a somebody who has just lost their job, if it is somebody that is having a hard time with kids that are just challenging kiddos. Mm-hmm. And they feel like a very horrible mom. I think what they need to hear in this, at least this is what I'm hoping they hear is that God is a God of restoration Amen. and then restores, um, marriages and relationships and finances and job situations. And he restores
1: yes. parenting.
0: and I, uh, yes. I think, you know, uh, there's a verse in the Bible that one of my sweet girlfriends uses that had a very, very long desert experience. And there's a verse that talks about that. He will restore the years. The locusts ate. Yes. yes.
2: Uh, Yes.
0: Yeah, that's it. And I just think, oh my goodness. Yeah. Some woman today that is listening to this needs to hear, God has not forgotten her mm-hmm. and that He can restore the area in her life that is broken the most. And he actually mm-hmm. will
2: restore double is what yes. the words you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so when God's in it and His restoration you know, we would, we pay back what we pay back but He pays back double. Uh,
0: yeah. and and isn't He so, he's so
2: kind to do so? Well, yeah. And I, and I think what we're doing right now is so cool. The stories now but what we're doing is we're testifying We're Come we're given a testimony, which is saying, do yeah. it again. Lord. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what's yeah. powerful to me. We're, we're given testimony and we're saying, do it again, Lord, you know, like if you can do it and I can pull out, you know, used to in the dark nights of the soul, you, you, you're on shaky ground. You can't really say it, but now I'm to the other side of so many things where I say, if he can do it for me, trust me sister like you don't even know you don't even know right. of my story or the darkness of the night he can do it for you like I yeah. should not be here I'm telling you right? mm. so, so what what I hope people hear is the hope in. we can call them stories or testimonies but I'm telling whoever's listening like he can do it for you like yeah. he can do it for you just like he did it for me he's no respecter of persons like He's a restorer. That's who he is. Wow. And so, um, so it's just, it's, it's just, he's, he's amazing. I don't really have any other words for it. I love
0: it. I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask, can I, Portia, I'm going to ask one more question and then you can jump. Yep. <laughs> it, no, it's good. Um, I, when uh, Portia and Katie and Gwen and I gathered in the, about a week ago, um, we decided that we're going to start asking every guest one final question. Okay. And so we want to ask you this question and um, this is what it is. What would you like us to remember the most about your story?
2: Mm. Mm. Um, gosh, there's so many things that go through my mind, but, but what I, what I said earlier that for viewers, like no matter how dark the night And truly, like, I mean that I'm not, it's not a cliche thing. I'm saying like, I've lived it. I've walked it and breathed it and wanted to give up. And like, like I said, shouldn't be here. Like no matter how dark the night, hold on. God is a restore and morning will come. Mm. Um, Amen. Situation. And so, and I'm a, I'm a living, like I said, like I'm a living, breathing testimony of that saying like, if he did it for me, he can and will do it for you. I think a lot of people hear that he can but they doubt that he will. Yeah, you know, that's where I was. I had been around so many people who had awesome stories and I thought, well, I know I have had a doubt in mind he can, but I don't know that he will do that for me. Right. Um, and so the, 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 you know, the takeaway is he will do that for you. Uh-huh. It may look different. Your process may look, it's going to look different than yeah. everybody else. It's probably not going to look like what you have in mind. Yeah. But he will do what he's promised he would do. Wow.
1: Yeah. That's good. That is that's good. So- I took uh, so many notes, Miss Shaley. I'm, uh, I feel like I'm,
2: sorry, I'm, I'm sorry because I feel like I rambled and rambled. No. you are probably like, "This girl no. is like, no." I could
0: this see was, Portia over there taking notes, and I'm like, "My word, she's gonna have a novel by the end of this. This is awesome." <laughs> see, no,
1: I mean, it just maybe you can an send them to me,
2: Maybe you can send them to me. I'm trying to kind of pull this all together, and like, I love it. I honestly thought it was like, I wonder if she would mind if
1: I like wrote up what I heard. So yeah, I would, I, we'll, we'll just do that. I'll just, I will write I up will what I heard it. because I've got like circles and I do a couple <laughs> of pictures.
2: I love it. I just, no, I, I was telling, I guess Susan, before you jumped on, like I, I just, I mean, people that are believers and that hear, and it's been cool. Even like Susan Blunt, like her walking alongside me in ways and this has brought a whole new perspective to me because it's my story. I see it a certain way and she'll say something or how she sees it. And I'm like, that's so powerful. I've never thought of it that way, you know. But as the Lord's opening up more doors to share, it actually helps me to hear feedback from you guys on, hey, we heard this, or this is kind of, you should go into this a little bit more, or, I love you know. it. I love I just, I'm just so honored to share it, and so honored, and so praying that it just ministers deeply to people's goals, you know. Well, Michelle, I, I know that we've got, we're have we going to have a lot
0: of um, listeners that are going to want to follow yeah. you. so how can they do that?
2: All right, well, they can follow me on all um, social media platforms Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I'm a big Instagrammer, probably the most. So um, and that's easy. That's just at Michaeli. So it's um, at M E S H A L I. Or they can check out the new website, and that is Co. And it is a beautiful website. Thank you, thank you so um, much. They they were, The team worked hard on it. And I'm really proud of it um, because of their hard work. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, thanks so much, guys. Awesome,
0: Michelley. Thank you, thank you. Oh my goodness, you. you're amazing. You thank are. You. What a gift you are. And I'm telling you, we are going to be counting down the days till we see you this fall face to face.
2: Like I'm holding. You know, understand? I'm holding you to it. Like it's, oh, you cannot it's wait. Done. <laughs> it's done. It's done. I already have in my mind. I even visually have in mind what I like. How we would. Oh, oh wow! Oh, so wow. it's, it's done. So now, fun. Here we come. <laughs> so fun that is. Portia Susan's laughing like she thinks I'm kidding, but I'm not. Like, no, I'm just like <laughs> just
1: know how we do from the south <laughs> if We say it. It's it's done, honey. Take it to the bank, okay? Oh,
2: that is so That's so another term, I guess. Take it to the bank. That's what take you take it to the bank. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, when we're all, tell me, and uh, I, I wanted to tell y'all something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good We're, we're, all
1: right, we're good. Uh, Portia, this was your yes. first episode. This was a great one to start with. I know how is amazing. It was so anointed and so uh, amazing. Oh, oh my good. goodness.
0: I love it so much. I do. Um, and then what I want to say is this: if you that are listening have friends that you know are in a season where God needs to restore an area of their life because you see yeah. the pit that they have either been thrown in or they chose to jump in themselves. Okay. God is the greatest pit puller outer and he yes. will you once he pulls you out. And Amen. so if you know a friend that needs to hear this word, um, today in this story today, text it to them because mm-hmm. you can do that on any of the major podcast platforms. There's a little button and you can text it straight to them because yes. I tell you, um, one of the pastors that I work with, he's a big podcast listener, and he will shoot me on a text message um, podcast that I should listen yeah. to. I'm so thankful that he does it because even if I can't listen to it right that second, I go back and I'm like, oh, he knew I needed to hear that. He knew I needed yeah. to hear so, yeah. Be a fabulous friend today and text this to one of your sisters. So Michele, sure. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being with thank us. You, you. Hey,
2: listen, I love you guys and love everything you're doing. And so it is, it is truly my honor um, to have shared a little bit today with you. Well, I we love, your love you, friend. friend. Awesome. Love you guys too. All right. Bye guys. Bye. bye.